we thank you, Lord, and we praise you for all the great things that you are going to do in our, in our lives and in our family and in this place. We are declaring and proclaiming prosperity, healing, and health over each person here in Jesus' mighty name. And we pray that, Lord God, we pray that the devil would get his hands off of our finances, that, Lord God, that you have good plans for us, plans to prosper us and to be in good health. And the devil would get his hands off our health, and we rebuke him in Jesus' name. And we declare that this place is the house of God, Lord God, where your glory rests, and your glory is in us, and where two or more are gathered, then shazam, dynamo, dynamite, dynamus, dynamo, Lord God. All things are possible in your presence, and we believe that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Oh, God, all oh my soul, praise his name. Amen? Father, I just pray right now over this word that, Lord God, that you've given me. Lord God, that, Lord God, if anything that's not of you, that you would remove it in Jesus' name. But that our eyes and our ears and our hearts would be open to receive and our spirits all that you have for us today. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. This morning when I was getting ready to to get ready to write my sermon and prepare for this message and just being alone with God down here, my mind was going crazy and I could not stop it. Of all the thoughts and everything going on, and I just had to literally say, be still. And I had to stop. Because you get down to the last hour, and it's so interesting. And how the Lord works, because the Lord works mightily, doesn't he? It's so interesting in how the Lord moved this morning on Julie and with the Chosen, and even what the trailer clip that the guy who played portrays Jesus was saying. What is he like? He's short on time. Short on time. Guess what? When I was sitting here writing my, getting ready to write my message, I felt like the Lord was saying, we're, in the, we're on borrowed time. We're on borrowed time. Short on time. We're on borrowed time. And it's only because of the prayers of the saints and, and the will of God that he hasn't came back yet to gather us all up. Because as Julie said, and just like it was back then, in Jesus' day, it is so similar to today. There was so much division going on in Jesus' day. His day was a day of chaos. Israel was overthrown by Rome. Roman soldiers were in the promised land. In Jerusalem, they were in charge. Weren't they? They were under Roman oppression. <laughs> the days seem so similar to the days when Jesus 
walked this earth 2,000 years ago. There is a similarity there. You cannot deny it. And all that means is like Julie said, guess what? Jesus is coming back. But as a lion. They knew him as a lamb. We're going to know Jesus as a lion. Amen? We're going to know Jesus as the lion. And today my message is all about Jesus. As I was sitting in the office praying about what to, what to share, the word came to me and it says, Be still and pray. And I was looking up into the sky as if I was looking for God. <laughs> and God's all around us. This is His creation. He created it. He's all around us. We are marveling at the heavens even as we as we sang, even as we, as we see today, we are marveling at the heavens because of a lot of different things. Because of that telescope. What's it called that from? The web telescope. We are marveling at the heavens and everything that that, that web telescope is capturing. It's so cool when we were up there at my daughter's house and my grandson put on What's it called, Ephraim? The Pillars of Creation. He put them on my phone as my cover. I mean, if you look at the pillars, can we put that up there, Joe? If you, and this is not even my sermon, but if you look at the Pillars of Creation, if Joe can get a picture up there, I'm ad-libbing, it is amazing to see all of what God has done. And the photos that this telescope is now capturing, it says that men will look up in the heavens and marvel at what God has done. Because of the Webb telescope and the Hubble, we can look up to the heavens and marvel. It has totally debunked the Big Bang Theory. You know, scientists are baffled about this telescope. They're like, can't deny that there's not a creator that created all of this. It's amazing. <clears throat> but this is, this is happening today. That's like a prophecy being fulfilled right there. That's like a prophecy being fulfilled. It's what this web telescope has been doing. <clears throat> but as I was getting ready to... to sit down and pray. I started praying about what God wanted me to share today. Besides the thoughts coming that we're living on borrowed time because we're in the end days. But God was saying, we need, and these end days are just like the days of John the Baptist. You know, there's, I've always, and I've said this, I've preached this, and I've said it many times that there's going to be forerunners that are out there before Christ's return, praying and, and screaming out, repent. There you go. There's the pillars of God, of creation, the pillars of creation. That is captured by the web telescope. That is amazing to see all those stars. You know, last night I had, I had the little, 
our little grandsons out there, Jackson and um, Jackson and Oliver. And we were out with the spotlight. We were spot looking for critters and eyeballs with the spotlight in the woods. And we didn't really find anything. But we look up at the sky. And you look up into this night sky and you can see just the brightest of stars. And you see black space in between them. Like, like we pointed out the Big Dipper. But like you look at this little photo that was captured by the Webb telescope. And you look at all of the billions of stars trillions you can't even count the stars that God has created and that's just a little bitty glimpse a little bitty space that we're looking at a little lens that we're looking at if you can light up the whole sky of all the stars in the heavens it would be so bright it would be like day outside because all of the brightness, isn't that, that's amazing. God created that. What's that? Yeah. And that right there, isn't that a testimony of God's glory? That photo is a testimony of God's glory right there. Amazing. That is the glory of God right there being shown. Think about that. That photo is being shown, has been shown all over the world. And it's proclaiming, the heavens are proclaiming the glory of God. The Webb telescope has brought us these pictures. And it's proclaiming. And that's what they're saying. They can't, there's no way the Big Bang Theory did all of this. There's no, it's impossible. Only a creator can do that. That is, a, that is right there is a prophecy that's been fulfilled by the Webb Telescope proclaiming the glory of God. And I want to tell you what else we need to start proclaiming is the return of Jesus Christ. Because he's coming back. Amen? Amen? Because these things are happening so fast. Right now, we can't probably keep up with all the prophecy that's being fulfilled today because it's being fulfilled on almost like a daily basis. And just like it was in Jesus' time, with all the chaos on the streets, with the oppression of the Romans, we have that same thing happening today all across the world. The world is in turmoil. Jesus is on his way. He's coming soon, morning Morning, noon, or night. He can be here any day. Amen? So we need to be ready. Just like John the Baptist, who went out preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. You know, Jesus, and I heard this from Joshua Solomon. Jesus said that John the Baptist, in the word, he said that there was no greater prophet than John the Baptist when he was talking about when he was talking about John to his apostles at that time. Jesus said that there was no greater prophet that walked the earth than John the Baptist. And you know what was amazing? John the Baptist didn't do any miracles. John the Baptist did not call down a pillar of fire that consumed the offering that was soaked in water like Elijah did. John the Baptist didn't do that. A lot of things 
John the Baptist didn't do a lot of miracles, didn't do any. There was not a single account of a miracle that John the Baptist did. But yet Jesus said there was no greater prophet that walked the earth than John the Baptist. John the Baptist didn't lead his people out from the Egyptians in the Exodus. Moses did. But yet John the Baptist was greater. John the Baptist didn't part the Red Sea. But God did through Moses. But John the Baptist was called the greatest. Why? Because he was the forerunner of Christ. Every one of us out here is called to be a forerunner. We are all called to be forerunners of Christ. We are all called to be prepared in season and out of season. And that's what God told me to do about my message. You know, you need to be prepared in season and out of season. And you need to preach. You need to preach the gospel. You need to preach the truth. You need to preach Jesus. That's what the Lord told me. Preach Jesus. Be prepared in season and out of season. And you know what? Just like John, we need to be preaching repentance. Because the Lord is near. The world needs to hear it. That's how the great, this last greatest revival is going to start with forerunners preaching repentance. What do you think the two witnesses are going to do when they come back in, in Revelation chapter 11, I believe? They're going to be preaching repentance. Repent, repent, repent. And it says that the whole world, the whole world is like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear you anymore. I don't want to hear you anymore. Then the beast of the sea is going to come up, wage war against the two witnesses and kill them. And they're going to lay there for three days dead on the streets, even though, even though they can call fire down. They can perform all kinds of miracles. The people still aren't going to want to hear them. For three and a half years, the two witnesses are going to walk this earth preaching repentance in hope that some will turn and be saved. Even in the midst of the tribulation, God is still a God of mercy and grace. A God of love who doesn't want to lose one of his children. He's still trying to get people to turn around and follow him. Then, when those two witnesses are here, I believe the church is gone before the two witnesses come. So it's the people that are left behind that he's still trying to save. But the Lord said to me, be prepared in season and out of season. Be prepared. And that's what we need to do. And you know, when I opened up my Bible, it opened right up to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And you know what I need? I need my tablet that was back there charging. Ephraim, you want to bring it running up to me? Or Julia's getting it? Ephraim's bringing it. Julia's getting it. Whoever. I forgot it. I forgot I put it back there to charge. It was dying. I'm learning. I'm trying to learn technology. So bear with me, okay? I'm trying. I'm trying. Just like John boy. I'm trying, Grandma. I'm trying. Or Mama. I'm trying, Mama. When he was after his dad. Go get him. I'm trying, Mama. I'm trying. Help me. Just bear with me. There we go. There we go. We're booting it up. 
Let's go. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's see where we're at here. Because I didn't give her the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, we're going to start at chapter 1, or verse 1. And go probably to verse 8. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage. With great patience and careful instruction. It was, it was like the Lord just opened up the Bible right there for me this morning. And he told me, don't worry about what to say. Preach the word. Preach the word of God. Be prepared in season and out of season. Preach the word of God. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Well, that sounds like today, doesn't it? So many people don't want to hear the truth. Huh? Well, boo-hoo on them. If they come to this church, they're going to hear the truth. Period. Because we're going to keep preaching the word. Whether it's 10, 15, 20 of us, or 100 to 200 or 300 of us. It will never change. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, they'll suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, and he's talking to every one of us, you keep your heads in all situations. Well, that means we don't panic, do we? We don't stress the little stuff. We trust God and walk by faith every day. Right? I'm not worrying about it. I'm not worrying about everything that's going on around me. I am looking forward. I am looking ahead. I am not looking behind. I am passing through by the grace of God and the strength that God gives me through this situation and keeping my eyes pressed on the goal, which is the race set out before me, I'm looking at that finish line, and I'm going to pursue it with everything I've got and every bit of strength that I have, and nothing is going to stop me from getting there. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, technology. Endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Well, I guess I better learn how to be a good manager. <laughs> Not just in the church, but in my life and in my family and in my business. Amen? For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Wow, that is a testimony right there that we need to have. Right? How would you like a set of you on, in your lifetime saying, Wow, Chris has kept up with a good fight. He fought the good fight. He kept the race going. Put my glasses back on so I can read it. <laughs> I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous drudge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Amen? Amen. 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 All for have longed for his appearing. So, I sat down there and I think it preached the word. Preach the word and think about this. Who is the word? Jesus. If you think about it, preach the word. Paul is saying, he's telling Timothy, you just need to preach the word. You need to preach Jesus. He's saying to, he's saying to Timothy, you just go out there and you preach the testimony of Jesus' life. You preach the testimony of Jesus' life. And you know what? That's what John did. That's what John the Baptist did. He was preaching repent for the kingdom of God is near. He was preaching about Jesus' coming. He was preaching about, and he was telling his disciples, and he was telling all the people around him. When Jesus came down to get baptized in the Jordan, he saw Jesus come down, and he said, I am not even worthy Untie your sandals or hold them. Yet he had to baptize them. And then he saw the Spirit descend on them. And then John, can you imagine the excitement of John finally seeing Jesus say, This is he who I've been preaching to you all this time. He has come. He is here. He is right here. Think of the joy. That must have filled his, so much joy that John kept his testimony even to death when he got beheaded. Isn't that amazing? Never changed because John saw the race. John knew the plans that God had. John was a forerunner and he knew that this world has nothing for him. That he was looking heavenward. He was looking heavenly. He was looking beyond our own life and our own circumstances. And we need to get to that place in our own lives. Each one of us. Preach the word. Well, Jesus is the word. And who is Jesus? Jesus, in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus is the light of the world. And whoever... Follows Jesus will never walk in darkness, but will have eternal life. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the light of the world. In John chapter 10, verse 36, it says that Jesus is the Son of God. What about the one who the Father set apart as his very own? 
and set into the world. Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because Jesus said, I am God's son. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. That makes Jesus the God-man. Amen? John 8, verse 58 says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus is amazing when I, when I read this and what came to my mind. You know, how do you get revelation? You get revelation by the word of God and by his spirit, don't you? But really, stuck. you get revelation by the Word of God. Well, everybody wants revelation, but nobody wants to read. <laughs> you know, I'm guilty at times, trust me. But when you get revelation, you get, only, you get revelation but by the Word of God. If somebody comes up and tells you, you I got a revelation, revelation. But if they have not been in the Word of God and reading the Word of God, then you just turn around and walk away from them. You say, I'm sorry. If you don't know the Word of God, you don't have any revelation that's of God. You might have a revelation of the devil. Right? You got to make sure that their revelation is of God. That they're in the word. That they know the word. But Jesus, Jesus was telling the Pharisees. Now Jesus is being questioned about this by the Pharisees. The Pharisees are trying to trip up Jesus, right? And I love right there in that clip of the chosen when Jesus walked up to the Pharisees and he said, I am the law. I am. Jesus said, I am. Jesus, what Jesus was doing when he was talking with the Pharisees and he's telling them, and he said, Jesus answered before Abraham was born, I am. Think about that. Before Abraham was born, I am. Well, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. Think about this. This right here was fulfilled when Jesus said this. Not only did Moses say it to the Israelites, when Moses went to the Israelites and he said, God, what do I tell them when I go? You tell them, God says to Moses, you tell them that I am sent you. You tell them. You tell the Israelites that I am sent you. What did Jesus did the same exact thing? But you know what's crazy to me is that the Pharisees, the Sadducees of that day, the rulers of the law, the Israelites, God's people, right, believed Moses. They believed Moses when they said to them, I am sent you. But when the I am of I am's, the creator of the whole universe, stood before them and said and proclaimed that I am, they denied him. They denied him. The Pharisees denied him. The, the rulers of that day denied him. But yet they would believe Moses, a man who was born of the flesh, not just of the flesh, but born from a man and a woman of the flesh, when Jesus wasn't born like that, God, he, Jesus wasn't born of a man. 
He was born through a virgin birth. God's son. But yet they didn't, they still didn't believe him. And it's almost like Jesus was trying to just wake him up and shake him up and say, listen, you know the law. You know that when, when Moses went to go free the Israelites and he asked God, who, who do I say sent me? You tell him I am. They knew that. They knew it in their hearts. They knew the law. They knew the writings of Moses. They studied them. But yet when Jesus said it to them, they denied it. And it was, to me, it was like Jesus was trying to reach out to them and shake them up and wake them up and say, listen, I am, I am. Before Moses was I. Before the creation of the world was I. I am. And I love it when, when the, in the chosen, when he walked up to him, he said, I am the law. I am the law. That's in Exodus chapter 3, verses 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am he who sent you. How many people are like that today? <laughs> I wrote down as a question mark to myself and a question to God. How many people are like that today? How many people deny Jesus today? Even the Israelites still to this day, are denying that Jesus was the Messiah. But yet Jesus is coming back for them. And as we take communion, who is Jesus? We took communion today. We know that Jesus is the bread, isn't he? You know what's interesting about the bread? Is you've got to have bread to sustain life in your body. You've got to have food, nourishment, right, to feed your body to feed the flesh, to keep you going, to keep you alive. Jesus is the bread. He is the bread of life. And we need that bread in us to sustain a spiritual relationship with him. Without food, we'll feel hungry. We need food. In a similar way, we as humans, we need that relationship with him that we cannot be spiritually fulfilled. We can never be spiritually fulfilled without the bread of life in us because the true bread of life fulfills us, right? And people try to fulfill themselves with all kinds of different bread. <laughs> we try to fill it with all kinds of different things, but nothing, nothing can substitute the personal relationship with Jesus. Who else is Jesus? Jesus is the light of the world. In John chapter 8, 12, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am... <laughs> when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Think about that. We would never have to walk in darkness. Because we have the light of life around us. You, need to just, you know, these are things that we need to declare in our lives. And I learned this over listening through a, a video clip that Julie and I have been listening to of Joshua Solomon, anointed preacher in Nigeria. 
I'm telling you. We need to declare these things over our lives. We are walking in the light. We are not walking in darkness. I decree and declare that we are going to walk in the light and not in darkness. Over every one of our lives here in Jesus' name. That Jesus is the bread of life. I decree that and declare it. We need that relationship with Jesus. To be spiritually fulfilled and to have total fulfillment and peace in our bodies. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 10, 7, it says Jesus is the door of the sheep gate. I am the gate for the sheep, Jesus said. You know what that means? That means none of us can go to heaven except through Jesus. None of us can get in his pastures unless we go through Jesus' gate. Amen. I'm not going to go in any other gate but the gate that Jesus opens up for me. And if I try to jump the fence, guess what? There's a, there's a multitude of angels that probably surround that pasture that are going to say, no, boink, you're out of here. I'm sorry, no wolf in sheep's clothing is coming in here. You can't hide anything from Jesus because you know what? Because the light that's in Jesus exposes all the darkness. Every bit of darkness in us it's going to be exposed by the glory and the light of God. So you might as well get rid of all that darkness now. <clears throat> because you don't want to be thrown out where there's ultimate darkness and gnashing of teeth. It's only in Jesus' pastures where you're going to find rest. Where you're going to find good pasture. Where you're going to find peace. Jesus is the way to that, and there is no other way. There is no other pasture. Than, there is no other greener grass than Jesus' grass. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Amen? And Jesus is the good shepherd in John 10, 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And we're all his sheep. Amen? Jesus is the resurrection, the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 11, verse 25, it says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. See, we have an eternal life. And Jesus is that eternal life. That's who Jesus is. I decree and declare that none of us are going to die. We're not going to have the second death at all. But we're going to live eternally forever in the kingdom of God with Jesus in his green pastures. Amen. And he is our shepherd who we will follow. We will not listen to any other voice. We will not listen to any other teaching. We're not going to follow any other professor or any other worldly way. But we're going to follow Jesus all the days of our lives. Period. Period. Because there's no other way. There's no other way which man can be saved. Amen? Amen. But through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. says that Jesus is the vine. Oh, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There you go. 
You're not entering the gate. You're not going to the Father. You're not going to the kingdom. But through Jesus. In John 15, 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man, if a man remains in me, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So true. You go ahead and take a branch off a tree and cut it off. And you see what kind of fruit that thing bears. Give it about a week. There will be no leaves left on it. It will be a brown and dead branch laying out there. And what does it say? It's good for nothing but being picked up and thrown into the fire. Amen? And then finally, Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. There's salvation is only found in Jesus. Peter, this is Peter testimonying, testifying about Jesus. And that's all we're doing. When we're preaching the word, when you're out there preaching the word to people and your friends, what you are doing is you are testifying about Jesus. When you testify about Jesus to your friends, you are preaching the word. Because Jesus is the word. That's what Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he gets up and he starts to testify about Jesus. He gets up and he starts telling, listen, this Jesus who you crucified, who you killed, rose on the third day, testifying about him. Rulers and elders of the people. It's, if we are being called to an account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of the Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified, but whom God raised him from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else. Listen, salvation is found no other way. Salvation is found by no other religion. Salvation is found in not our good works, not our good deeds. Salvation is found no other way except through Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. No other name. There is no other name in the world that demons will flee from except from the name of Jesus. There is no other name that will stop a night terror in the middle of the night when you are sleeping in your bed, then the name of Jesus will stop it immediately. There is no other name that will give you peace when you don't have rest than the name of Jesus. There is no other name which you can reach down to a beggar who's been laying by the pool of Bathsheba forever to get healed because the waters are getting stirred and he can't get there fast because he's lame and he's broke. And he's not just broke in the flesh, but he's broke in the spirit. 
that can say to him in the name of Jesus, get up, take your mat and walk, you be healed. There is no other name but the name of Jesus that can do it. There is no other name that can set a man free from a legion full of demons in the gardens than the name of Jesus. There is no other name where demonic have to flee. When you're afraid, you're scared, you're feeling oppressed, depressed, possessed, you call out on the name of Jesus and you declare that there's angels encamped around me because the word says that angels will encamp around a righteous man. You just start praying the name of Jesus, shouting the name of Jesus, and you'll see, you'll see reprieve come upon you. You will see a refreshment come over you. You will see your strength being built up again. And you will see the demons have to flee. No other name but the name of Jesus. I can go all around the whole world. I can go to Africa where they don't even speak English and cast out demons in the name of Jesus. I can go to South America where none of them can understand a word I said. But when I say the name of Jesus, everything has to obey that name. Because there's no other name that has power in it like the name of Jesus. I can't go out there and say, by the name of Chris, ha! You know what will happen to me? The demons will laugh at me. And they'll probably beat me up and kick me out. <laughs> Send me out broken and naked, right? <laughs> That's what they did in the... In the word. But no, you can't. Because there's only that authority in Jesus' name. There's only authority and power in Jesus' name. Only. And it's only by the grace of God. And by our faith in Jesus. And our personal relationship with him. That we can use that name. With authority. Because we know who we are in Christ Jesus. Remember last week's message? Who are you? Well, you're a king's kid in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You have power that goes beyond our own capacity, our own comprehension. Not because of who we are in our flesh, not because of my strength, but because of the strength of the one who's in me, that makes me do all things, all things. Nothing is impossible for those that believe and have faith. Amen? Amen. Got to remember who you are. You're a king's kid. Take, take, take authority in Jesus' name over your circumstances. When things aren't going right, take authority over them in Jesus' name. And decree and declare. Get up every morning and say, I'm a king's kid. I declare good things over this day. I declare that I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to walk in the freedom of what Christ has given me. And I'm not going to allow these things to attack me. I am not going to allow the devil to come and torment me. I decree and declare that the devil has to flee from my presence when I walk into the building or walk wherever I go throughout the day because of the glory of God that's upon my life and because of Jesus who's in me being manifested through my word and my deed and out, out my belly, out my heart, my mouth speaks and I'm going to speak good things, not bad things. I'm going to speak encouraging things. 
I'm going to prosper and be in good health. I declare and decree that we're going to prosper and be in good health every day of our lives. That God has got a plan for me and their plans to prosper and be in good health. I decree and declare that the devil has to shut his mouth up and quit lying to me saying that I'm not smart, I'm not, I'm stupid. I shut him up and I bind him up right now that I have no power. No, devil, you flee. That's not of God. I decree and declare good things. Amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And when the Bible says all means everything, doesn't matter what. All things. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name. Whew. You know, there's a day we might just never stop having church. <laughs> there's going to be a day like that where you're going to want to run to this church because you're going to want to be here to see what God is doing in the lives of others and in the lives of our family. And because we need them so desperately, because the world's in chaos, that you're going to want to run down here and just get along with Jesus or be in the presence of Jesus or worship him. There's going to be days like that coming. Well, all we can't do is we can't wait to get back into the presence of God and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and in the presence of His glory where we can find strength and find rest and find peace. There will be a day like that when we're not going to want to quit having church or quit worshiping. We might worship 24-7. <laughs> what is it, 24-7, 365? What was that we were doing? <clears throat> there might be a day like that. There might be a day. Who knows? God's in control, right? Amen. We're just going to rest in His presence. We're just going to be excited about His coming. We're, and that's what we need to be. We need to remember who Jesus is. We need to get excited about His coming. Jesus is coming soon, morning, night, or noon. <coughs> We need to be ready. We need to be excited. So, Father, I just pray for that fervent, fervent fire, Lord God. I pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, to be in our bellies. Lord, to be always on our minds and in our bellies and in our thoughts, Lord God. And around this place and around wherever we go, for that we would carry that fire of God with us wherever we go. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. I pray that that fire would never be quenched, that no man would ever quench it, by no ill words would ever try to snuff it out, that, Lord God, we would keep that fire burning within us, that we would be on fire for Christ like never before. We need to be on fire like never before in these days. And I pray that over us. I pray that over our family, our children, our grandchildren, over our church family. Lord God, over all those that are hearing this, I pray for them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And I just thank you, and I thank you for all the prayers that are going up for us in Jesus' name. And I pray that our, we would be fervent in our prayer life, Lord God. And I pray this, and I thank you, and I give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.